0: magnify your most excellent name pray for the workers. We pray for our brothers and sisters worldwide today.
1: Minister in these situations.
0: From the effects, the horrors of war. I pray, oh God, that You would work my might- You are an awesome God. You are awesome all the Their needs, I pray, Lord, in Jesus' name.
1: Hallelujah. Needs
0: for healing, needs for deliverance, needs for restitution, needs for provision. powerfully. Hallelujah, Jesus, because you are as one body, as one Lord, we come before you because you are worthy. You alone are worthy to receive all worship. Worthy to receive all glory and all honor. God, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your presence here today. These things we ask in Jesus' name. Praise There are a lot of books, a lot of seminars, a lot of online. And everybody aspires to that, and I think... because we're all influencers we know that leadership to influence them specifically of course to of leadership that there's not a whole lot of written about there's not for two guy being the Having been a number two guy for a long time I've made mention of what I've been to for council, having a board of directors, having already been here.
1: Brother and Sister Parker have been so wonderful to me and my wife to give counsel when we ask. They don't butt in. They don't. They don't force their
0: opinions on us, but they've made themselves. That, I can't express how much we appreciate that. is because responsibility falls on your shoulders. It's hard sometimes perspective sometimes to see everything
1: for as it is, as it is. And so having someone come in without that responsibility who can see things a little more when you're counseling with someone. You want to go to someone, you're going through uh, a tough time. You,
0: you and your spouse are, are fighting. And to make uh, logical, rational decisions at that nice to have someone coming from the outside, not involved in it who can look at things objectively and say, well, this is actually what's going on. That's probably what's going to happen. It gives you perspective. And so the number two ways that position is easier. You don't have In the past, I have I learned this uh, principle so that he would
1: run with it. And I was fine with that. That was good. I felt like it was the best decision
0: to make. It was mine. And then he, he just comes up. Pastor started talking about it. Oh, now it was this great idea. Fair enough. Okay. Now, having said all that, seven states this. And Jonathan said to the young man that bare his armor, "Come, let us go over unto the garrison of these uncircumcised few." And his armor bearer said unto him, "Do all that is in thine heart." Amen. So we're going to talk to today about the armor. Now we understand, hopefully at this point, that ministry doesn't mean to be in charge. Ministry means... is to be called a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. It was Moses, my servant.
1: My servant Moses. When the apostles introduced themselves in various
0: epistles, Paul, a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ, referred to as the person in charge. of the gospel of Jesus
1: Christ we were all created to minister
0: what's an armor bearer Came Saul's armor bearer for a time, and Jonathan's armor bearer. The shield bearer was a figure well known. In so the armor bearer then is one who becomes a protective cover. serious position to take, that of the armor bearer, you're going to have a relationship with God all on your own. The best advice you could give anyone is learn how. So get used to it. It's never going
1: to be comfy. You're never going to get to the point where you enjoy it. But you
0: can't be shocked by. Every time you get hit in the, fa- has anyone been hit in the face? I've been hit in the face. Especially if it's a nice, solid. (laughs) But after a little bit, you know. It's coming. So that's the. You've got to be spiritually strong, able to lift burdens off of leadership. thing off of my leader that I could for the When the leader is free to do what only he can do or she can do, then they can excel. That's better. We're going to be talking about letting our leaders excel in just a little bit. The battle is raging the the, the hardest. Okay, the spirit. Pride. And this right here, folks, I promise you, I promise you, you're going to deal with it. You're going to have to deal with it at some point. And you're going your ego over your pride, over your desire to be promoted, your desire. from God. It's God's idea. He's going to give God the credit. But at all times, God needs to be recognized. If
1: you're a leader, why are you in leadership in the first place? Because of your your
0: raging good talent. Because of your leadership skills, right? Easily take us down and replace us with someone who... Kingdom. This is God's church. We can't get envious or proud. We can't get the idea the I promote myself. I'm, I've, I've got these these plans, these ambitions. Not for position. Not for title. If you have. We need to esteem others above
1: ourselves, not just the pastor, but all leadership, and not just leadership, but all
0: our brothers and sisters. But one reason that comes to mind is I don't want to. I don't want to see them get
1: credit when it was me that did it.
0: Your effectiveness in the kingdom of God will be determined. He instructs him, that plans, all of the
1: military plans, and, and he's, Joshua is an awesome campaigner, right? Mm-mm. He
0: says he will be successful because of his obedience to the law. Knowing the spirit and heart of your leadership, and that's hard to that leadership is wrong, they're making the You got all the plans, you've done the promotion, you're ready to go. Oh, shut her down. What?
1: I've spent two months on this.
0: Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. I don't know why. You have to do it. That's what's. The mission is, I disagree, but I'm going to do it anyway. Nobody is above that. We've been planted here to ensure the vision of this church body comes to pass.
1: Not our individual vision. We're part of a body.
0: We've been planted here for a reason. And not having the ability to wait on your season while God promotes your leader. It's kind of like when I was a kid growing up. My dad get promoted. Why? Makes more money. Christmas. I get
1: a better birthday party. I wasn't jealous that my dad got promoted. School. I didn't care one bit when he got. I I loved when he got promoted.
0: Way to go, Dad. I loved it. Dad was happy My The blessings fall all the way down But we need to pray for leadership. Pray for them, but it's still good. Else's vision,
1: why is God going to give you yours?
0: We need to first learn to submit. before you can lead learn to submit to this vision my wife say it out loud now,
1: (laughs) that sounds really dumb, but that's where I was at,
0: and uh, yeah, so uh, imagine my supervisor, my manager, I don't know. I had a problem with my. Well, the easy fix is to
1: sever this limb here, and we'll finish moving off in the direction it's going. (coughs) I don't know if that actually ever happened. I never got fired. No, I did quit a couple times.
0: In protest, I showed them. If we cannot
1: or will not sacrifice what we want for someone else's vision, who's going to sacrifice for yours?
0: At some point, Lord willing, the Lord's going to promote. And rightly so, that those ministers under you are going to follow. Stop complaining and start doing. Pray and fast for leadership. Start doing what you can to move it. Whatever your position, whatever your place in
1: the of Christ, it doesn't matter. New convert, elder, anything in between, it doesn't matter. You can do something.
0: You can do that, and you can start doing that today. I promise you that. Okay, call God, not to man. And before people start getting riled up about that, let me explain. Or when we get offended. Or any other number of reasons. Now here's. We don't need baptism anymore. Don't need the Holy Ghost anymore.
1: Written by men. What if leadership starts doing that? Am I going to follow that?
0: Absolutely not. I'm submitting. As soon as he stops following Christ, I stop following him. Okay. Working for Jesus Christ, I'm not going to give up on the assignment He's given, no matter what happens.
1: God, I'm submitted to Him through this man or this woman right now. Absolutely. I need to follow him or her as they follow
0: Christ. I need to submit to the. I'm not submitting to a man, I'm not submitting to a woman. Because hey, we understand this. God
1: knows. God knows where we're at. God knows what we've done for Him.
0: God knows how I... He loves you. He knows that
1: it might be, and we'll talk about this later, that
0: you're there on purpose. We don't want to consider that. Between you and me, between you and each other. He w- So we need to strive for that. Because the enemy
1: is going to come when you're weak, when you're tired, when you're distressed.
0: Especially if it's with an individual. He's going to start talking to you. You need to tell him to shut up.
1: The enemy. Listen to Jesus Christ.
0: Fight against that. Even if it's something like, I've been a moron, I'm going to be again. I promise you. I'm going to when that happens, I'm going to ask that you be patient, cut me some slack. I understand. We need to understand. We're all human beings. We're gonna and let's understand that even though they said something stupid to me, tired, whatever it is, I know that they love me. I know that I love them. If I'm in a tough spot, they got my back. Tell the enemy, uh uh-uh, uh, that's not true. Here's what's true. We got each other's back. Don't buy into this.
1: Don't let the enemy divide us. Don't get us to separate us from the flock of God. Don't do it. That's a favorite tactic of his. And unfortunately, sometimes we make it very for him to do that don't make it easy make it very hard
0: if the enemy get to us then they're left vulnerable and under- and I'll tell you something folks It's hard when you're looking to your That's that's hard. How do you feel when leadership fails, falls? Does that make you feel a little bit good inside? Does it make you sad? I'd say it was David. So I was there outside of the will of God. God. And God finally took him out out of the picture, took him off. lay a hand on God's if your spirit rejoices when leadership fails begrudging hireling like a typical employee. Kind of a weird
1: balancing act that way <clears throat> that's the idea of a servant. A son has a portion in the house and will strive to protect that portion. He or she is son or daughter he or she is fully committed to the vision and the mission and has a vested interest in the completion of that mission. They own it, they take ownership. they're vested. We're not hirelings here. We're sons. We're daughters of the Most High God. And we need to act like it. We've got to love the Lord. Psalm 31 and 23 says, O love the Lord, all ye his saints, for the Lord preserveth the faithful and plentifully rewardeth the proud doer. This goes along with being faithful to God. Your love for God will see you through anything that you might face. It will sustain you, it will defend you without opening your mouth. When I was in a situation as a new convert, someone had been slandering me. I have no idea why, I didn't even know who the guy was. But he was spreading these rumors about me, uh, and they weren't true, but people were buying into it. I finally found out about it, third third person, and... Uh, I remembered reading how Moses responded when he was accused. I remember how Jesus responded when he was accused that he didn't open his mouth. So I said, okay. I'm just going to pray. I know that I'm innocent. I know I'm right with God. And that's good enough for me. Whatever else happens is going to happen. Well, God took care of it. I didn't have to go around defending my good name. I didn't have to shout at the top of my lungs, You got it wrong. That's not true. He's a liar. I didn't have to get stressed about it. I didn't have to worry about it. God gave me such a peace in that situation, and he took care of it, and I've never forgotten that. It will uphold you and shield you from the attacks of the enemy. It will cause you to forgive any and all offenses. It will maintain and keep you even when you feel like you've been taken advantage of and mistreated. God's love will be there for you. It will sustain you through anything and everything amen you've got to possess humility Matthew 23 and 12 says and whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased and he that shall humble himself shall be exalted one of those weird tipsy-turvy things that he keeps preaching and teaching you save your life you're going to lose it you lose your life you're going to keep it you humble yourself you're going to be exalted weird stuff not really it means that you go low when your leader goes high. It means you forego any need you may have to be recognized or to be in the spotlight. It means we choose we- to weaken ourselves and be seen as second. And again, that's a very hard position to take for a lot of people. That's a very hard position for our flesh to take. But if you're going to be effective in the kingdom of God, if you're going to be used of God the way you want to be, the way He wants to use you, we've got to get to this place. We have got to get to the place where that's no longer a concern for us. Where we're going to end up. What ministry God's going to give us. Let me say that a different way. We need to be concerned about what ministry God gives us. We need to be seeking that. We need to be accomplishing that. But the position, the title, is not important. The recognition is not important. What matters is that God gets the glory and God's kingdom is advancing. And if if He's gonna give me a part in that somewhere, praise God. I want a part. I want to I wanna I wanna be effective. I wanna I wanna be doing something for God. And it shouldn't matter to me what it is. God has the whole picture. I got I got a picometer. If anybody knows what that is, it's really, really small. <laughs> That's what I got. <clears throat> so when he puts me somewhere or doesn't put me somewhere, it's for a reason, right? I can trust him. This is the best place for me right now. Maybe later on, I'm gonna get to, I'm gonna go somewhere else and do something else, have a different ministry that's fine, as long as it's the will of God, as long as that's what God, what God has ordained for me, what God has ordained for you. Submit to that. Rejoice in that. Be active in that. We must possess integrity. Proverbs 11.3 says, The integrity of the upright shall guide them, but the perverseness of transgressors shall destroy them. Integrity is the quality of being whole or undivided. Your actions are going to line up with your words. You're the same person. No matter what situation, no matter what circumstance, Sunday morning, Tuesday evening, Friday afternoon, you're the same person. Integrity means that God can trust you with as much power and authority as he needs to. He can put you through any test or trial that he needs to, and you're the same person. You're not affected by it. You're not changed by it. It was said of George Washington that he was one of the few men in all of history that was able to make a choice to turn down that kind of authority, that kind of power. They were going to make him a king. The army was going to make him a king. He said no. after two terms in service he could have stayed as long as he wanted there was no term limits he could have stayed for the rest of his life and he would have been he'd have sailed on through but two terms he said no that's enough he retired and that was it he relinquished the authority of the president of the, of the united states same person It didn't affect him. When power and authority starts to affect a person, it is said that power corrupts, absolute power corrupts, absolutely. It is certainly a test. When God entrusts you with a measure of his power, a measure of his authority, what are you going to do with it? How is that going to affect the individual? Your motives are right. They're pure. You keep your word even when it's inconvenient to do so. You've got to be an intercessor. One who fights on behalf of another until the battle is over. That's kind of the position we're talking about, right? You're fighting for leadership, specifically. But we've got to be intercessors generally. One who fights on behalf of another until the battle is over. One who fights in the spiritual until it manifests in the physical. We can't just say one prayer, oh God didn't answer, and move on. We've got to keep fighting. We've got to keep praying, keep knocking, keep seeking, keep asking until the answer manifests itself. That's what importunity is. That's what that means. We keep knocking until we get an answer. We've got to be spiritual. We cannot be bound in any area. It will prevent you from allowing God to flow through you effectively. You can't have anything you need to prove. People that have something to prove, they're not going to work out here. Must understand that the leader's anointing is not necessarily your anointing. You operate at the level you are currently until you have been equipped and God promotes and releases you into your next level. When David fought Goliath, he fought him with what? A sling and some stones, right? Saul wanted to give him armor and a sword. He said, no, I haven't proved these. He couldn't use them. He wasn't equipped to use them. But he could use the sling and five stones. That's what he knew. That was his anointing at that time. That's what he was equipped to use. Later on, he did wear armor. He did use swords. Just fine. Very effectively. But not right now. Later on. So understand that in your ministry. Wherever God has placed you in ministry right now, that's where you need to be effective. Whatever He's equipped you to use or to do, that's what you need to use and do. If it's just a sling and five stones, you can slay giants with it. In Jesus' name. Later on, you prove faithful, God equips you more. He gives you more to work with. Okay, the role of motives. Psalm 139:23 says, "Search me, O God, and know my heart, try me and know my thoughts." Motives is the psychological feature that arouses an organism to action towards a desired goal, the reason for the action, that which gives purpose and direction to behavior. That from Wordnet. How do you tell if your motives are pure? Okay, do you give just to get in return? Why do you pay tithes and offerings? Because I'm looking for the blessing. I'm looking for God to shaken down, stirred, flowing over. That's what I want to see. Or do you pay tithes and offerings because it pleases God? And it's God's in the first place. The amount we've given or sacrificed to the kingdom of God does not give us special privilege. The Bible teaches that we are all unprofitable servants. Okay, and (laughs) I hate to come out with this, but we do good works because we're saved. We do good works because God loves us. We love God and we're trying to serve and please Him. We do not do good works to earn anything, to purchase something a little bit extra from God. We can't. We don't deserve anything from Him. Not anything good. Initially. You know what I mean, right? Okay. <laughs> okay. I gotta go. Um so that doesn't give us special privilege if we've sacrificed everything, if we've given our body to be burned, it doesn't matter. It doesn't it doesn't give us a special place in the kingdom of God above someone else because we can't earn those things. It's all God's anyway. Anything that I could sacrifice to him was given to me by him in the first place. So I'm I'm giving it back? You're welcome. What? Okay, are you manipulative? Steering meetings, events, or people and doing what you want. Using flattery, temporary attention to others' needs or giving gifts to get what you want. Okay, don't be manipulative. Be a servant. Do you have a hidden agenda? Any agenda outside the established vision of the church? These serve only self and are a hindrance to God's plan. Going back to my story about being an employee. Don't do it. Don't do it. Just (laughs) don't do it. Whenever we're willing to deceive others or promote our vision, we have a hidden agenda. Pastor says this, you feel it's wrong. You start telling people, I don't think that's right. I think we should be going this way. And unfortunately... I can give you first-hand knowledge of this, too. I think I've made just about every mistake you can make. Praise the Lord. It's good to learn first-hand, isn't it? You don't forget it. I tell you that much. <clears throat> so don't do that. Again, since we're on this topic, if you do disagree with something I preach or teach, please come and talk to me. I will, I will talk with you about it. Don't confront me in front of the congregation. One-on-one, we'll go back, we'll go somewhere, and we'll talk. And I'm going to encourage you to be honest. Be blunt. Be up front. Tell me what you think. Tell me what you think. Tell me what you're feeling. Don't smooth it over. Don't go on off onto some other tangent, because that's not going to fix the problem. Tell me where you're at. And it may be that once you explain it, I'd be like, okay, yeah. I see your point. Yeah, I think you're right. And I promise you, the very next service, I'm going to get up here and I'm going to correct it. I've already done that. I'm going to do it again. I don't need to be, my ego doesn't need to be right. I need to be right with the Word of God, I need to be right with Jesus Christ. That's what I need to be right. And if I need to be wrong so that I can line up with God's Word, absolutely. Every day of the week. Believe it. Okay, dangers of impure motives. Impure motives grieves God. It blocks your purpose. It causes others not to trust you. It makes you insensitive to the needs of others. It leads to selfish ambitions. So our motives need to be pure. Our motives must be pure. It matters not only what you do, it matters why you're doing it. Matthew 5-7 through teaches us that. The reasons we do things matter. Why would we have impure motives? Unforgiveness, bitterness, disappointments, impatience. Basically, wounds. That's what can cause us to have impure motives. All of these, I promise you, will manifest themselves some way. If you have unforgiveness, and we've, we've taught and preached this before, you don't forgive for their benefit, you forgive for yours. It's a medical fact, physiological fact, spiritual fact. Dump it. Get rid of the baggage. Move on. You don't need to carry it. You're not doing anything by keeping it. Okay. I need to move on to brokenness. I think, Sister Rudy, you touched on this during one of your messages. Somebody did. Obscurity, frustration, loneliness, making mistake after stupid mistake, entering into a winter season in our walk with God, these are all designed to break us. If you're in a situation, you're in a circumstance, you feel like, why am I here? Let God, let God walk through your house. Let God do a check. Am I right with God? Are my motives pure? Am I living the way I'm supposed to be living? If so, then you're probably there for a reason. You're there on purpose. God placed you there. Why would He do that? I thought God loved me. I thought God wanted to bless me. Absolutely He does. But sometimes our idea of blessing and His idea of blessing are a little different. Sometimes our idea of love is, Jesus is just going to let me do what I want to do. Jesus wants me to be happy. No, Jesus wants you to be saved. Jesus wants you to become Christ-like. Whether we're happy or not, that's up to me. That's a choice that I need to make. The wild stallion versus the workhorse. The wild stallion is beautiful. Poems are written about it. Movies are made about it. But they're useless. They don't do anything. They just sit out there and eat your grass, go to the bathroom all over your field, and that's it. They don't produce anything. The workhorse, kind of boring, not very sexy looking. He's just out there doing his job, producing, doing stuff. He's being rid. There's a guy on top of him. But he's doing his job. He's getting work done. Ministries are only born or advanced through brokenness. That's just the way it is. That's just the way it works. Going through these times is the only way we can be broken, but we've got to respond correctly. When you break a wild stallion, it's a process. The rider gets bucked off a few times, but eventually the rider stays on. The horse learns to accept commands from the rider. That's what Jesus is trying to teach us in these times. To submit ourselves to Him. To empty us out of ambition. Personal ambition. To empty us out of pride, ego. First comes the circumstance. The pain, the weeping, the fear, the doubt. All of these emotions, all of these feelings start coming in. Why me? Why now? I'm living for God. I'm serving Jesus. Why is this happening now? At some point, though, we get to this stage. We've got to make a choice. Do we yield to this circumstance? Do we yield to what God is trying to do in our lives? Or do we fight it? Do we buck off the rider? If we yield to the effects of the circumstances, I'm going to stay focused on me. What I'm going through, what I'm feeling, what I'm enduring. I'm going to become bitter. Why me? Why this? Why now? Why not that person? Why? Why, 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 why? You can become unforgiving. Unforgiving of whoever or whatever you feel put you here. You can even become unforgiving of God. You can start blaming God. Now, I have a very... Blunt opinion of that and i'll just I'll just put it in the first person i uh, I have a problem with this idea of forgiving God. I have a very serious problem with it because God loves me, and if I trust that God is doing everything. For my benefit. Maybe I'm just looking at the situation incorrectly. Maybe I just need a different perspective. Maybe I need to get God's perspective. But God is not putting me here because he's getting even with me. He's not putting me here because he hates me. He's not putting me here because it gives him pleasure to see me squirm. He's putting me here because it's this is the best place for me right now. I may not understand it. I may not know why at the time, but I don't need to. If I did, He'd tell me. I trust Him. He loves me. I love Him. And no matter what happens, like Job said, though He slay me, yet will I trust in Him. If He kills me, I'm going to trust that it's for a good reason. If I yield to God, if I let him stay on, and I start accepting commands from him, then I start focusing on God and his purpose for bringing me through this. I hope in God to make it quick work. Lord, teach me what I need to learn. Let's move on. Let's move on. I I pray that, and I don't mind praying that. He'll move me on when it's when he's ready. But just in case he doesn't know, I... I'm ready to learn this. I can receive healing. I can receive healing for my bitterness. I can receive healing for my unforgiveness through this difficult situation. You know, the way to learn empathy, the way to become truly empathetic towards someone is to go through a situation similar to theirs. Afterward, you get a different perspective. If you've, been, if you've been through cancer, you've been healed of cancer. Someone else comes in with cancer. You have, a, you have a unique perspective on that, that somebody who's never had cancer can't understand. I become more compassionate because I'm more broken. God can then trust me to take me to the next level. I become broken and the oil freely flows through me. How do I come out of the process correctly? Okay, and I say this in closing. Allow God to complete the work. Don't take shortcuts or in any way short-circuit God's process. Stay until it's done. Drink the whole bitter cup. Drink down the dregs. As awful as it is, get it all down. Submit to leadership. Submit to the authority of God in that person or those people. We're not again, we're not submitting to a a human being. We're submitting to God's authority on that person. Ultimately, God is the one with all authority. Maintain a strong prayer life. You're going to need that going through tough times. Lean on God. God is there with you in the midst of it. He's walking with you through it with you. So let him help you. Lead on him for strength. Have ears to hear and a heart to receive. When God speaks, whether it's over the pulpit, in prayer, through his word, listen and do. Don't just listen. That's pretty cool. And move on. Do it. Apply it to your life. Say yes to God. Finally, lay your dreams at his feet. Whatever dreams you had, whatever ambitions you had, whatever personal goals you had in life, They have got to become subservient to the will and plan of God for your life. Again, we trust God to know what's absolutely best for us because He loves us. He's demonstrated that. He gave up everything. He hung on a cross and He died for us. So we trust Him that whatever He does in our lives, wherever He places us in our lives is for our best. It's for our best. We may not agree with it. We may think over there would be better. I would like to live in in Florida Keys. I would love that because I love heat. I want hot. I don't care about humidity. I'll get used to that. I don't like cold. But God put me here. And so this is what's best for me at this point in time. I don't agree with it? Summer's coming. Then I'll agree with it. But we need to submit to God. That needs to become easy for us to do. Just an automatic response. Telling God yes. Don't argue with Him. Don't kick and moan and scream and complain when God tells you to do something you don't want to do. You can try it. That's an option, I guess. I'm going to recommend against it. But you do you. After you're tired of beating your head against a brick wall, go the easy way. Say yes. You'll be glad you did. Amen. Let's all stand. We are over time. Lord Jesus, you're an awesome God. Thank you, Lord, for the ministration of your Holy Ghost administration of your spirit in this place today. I pray, Lord, that you would bless the remainder of your service, bless your people as we go through. Let your name be glorified in our midst. And these things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. We'll take a short break, and we'll be back at quarter till.